I've been with my husband for 16 years, and I think we've really been arguing well for like three years. <laughs> so this episode is filled with just as many what not to do's as it is with what to actually do. I'm talking about picking your battles and knowing when to push and when to back down, knowing when is the right time for the conversation and when to wait. I am really big on having a zero yelling household. You're always allowed to feel how you feel and be honest and express all the things. But to me, there is never a reason to yell. It's not good energy. It takes things to the next level and it's just not kind. And we love each other. Even when we are mid fight, we should still make a commitment to be kind. So that's what we're getting into today, how to actually argue with your spouse in a way that is productive and kind and actually resolves it. Arguments are inevitable. The difference is how you handle them. Today, I'm sharing everything I know about arguing with your spouse in the best way possible. Let's go. You're listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast, where we're obsessed with life hacks that make your life more awesome. Your host, Lindsay Dickhout, is an entrepreneur and business owner, a mom and wife, and someone who wants to do things over the top at all times. This concept started as a collection of things Lindsay has learned that she was documenting to give to her kids one day, and now it's a podcast. Join us on this journey where we talk about how to be awesome at everything we do. Here's Lindsay. Today, we're talking about arguing with your spouse, but in the best way possible. I know I keep doing these episodes that sound negative, but they're actually really positive, and I promise this is one of those episodes because no matter what, arguments are inevitable. But being intentional and kind of thinking about how you are going to argue, I think is so valuable. One of my favorite types of podcasts to do is to share tips of something that I've learned through the years that would have saved me so much, like, I don't know, agony and pain and suffering in the past. And this is one of those episodes. I'm sharing lots of things that I wish someone would have told me so many years ago because I just think that I could have avoided, I could have, to be honest, lots of tears. If my husband and I could have gotten to a point earlier to where we had a plan for arguing, as crazy as that sounds, but just like a like b- ground rules, right? Ground rules for what's okay and what's not okay. And learning how your partner communicates, because it's not just about how you communicate, but how they communicate and what, you know, what resonates the best, what's going to get you to the best result and the quickest. I'm sharing the mistake that I've made for years and didn't realize it and come to find out a lot of dudes think their wives do this same thing. So we're getting into all of it today. And the complicated thing about this topic is everybody's a little bit different. Um, But I think that a lot of people are similar in the way that a lot of wives, you know, I'm not stereotyping here, but just kind of generalizing just in just for the sake of trying to bring the most value to the most people is most of us women tend to over talk and the men want to under talk. And that's the mistake that I made for years is I felt like my husband just wasn't quite getting my point. So I would want to keep like, no, 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 you're not understanding. Let me just explain it. And in his mind, I was saying the same thing over and over and over again. So we had, and listen, I'm not the type, like I would not drag these out for two hours, but maybe it would be like a 30 minute conversation about whatever argument was. To him in husband years, like dog years, that felt like two hours and it felt like two hours of hell for him. So for him, he was just like, I don't want to bring up 
anything because I don't want to be in two hours of talking hell of her saying the same thing over and over. And in my mind, I'm like, hey, like, I love you. You love me. We're awesome together. Let's just talk this thing out and then completely move on. So, you know, I see his point. I see my point. But for years, we kind of struggled with this disconnect because he always was like, oh, no, no, no. Like the fear of the long conversation where he just felt like he was trapped in prison um, with me talking at him. And I just felt like, let's just work through this and then move on. And then it's done. So that's my first tip right out of the gate is consolidate how you feel. And most men do not want to talk about the issue for a super long time. And the more you, the more you do it, then the more they fear any sort of, of, you know, conversation, disagreement, argument, because they feel fear that they're walking into this, you know, long session of them being trapped basically is what I hear. And that's what we've kind of really learned together to kind of push and pull. It's also hard when one person is, I don't know, a hothead, I guess, for lack of a better term. So the way I argue is I never yell and I never say anything I don't mean. Um, I try not to get overly emotional because that's hard to communicate with someone that's, you know, unless it's obviously like a huge life issue, but I try to not just break down because then it's, I don't know, you're not getting closer to the goal a lot of times, but the, but whereas my husband, if you push him, he is a hothead and he will say things he doesn't mean and he will, he'll just be mean and he, he, he doesn't mean it afterwards. He'll say, sorry. But what I realized is this kind of goes along with the trying not to over talk and, and, and trying not to, you know, push them is I was so, I was so adamant about trying to get the argument over as quick as possible that I wanted to have the conversation there and then, and there was no way around it. But what I didn't realize is he was being a hothead. If someone in the argument, whether it's you or your partner is hot, that is never the time to have the discussion. I just feel like nothing is gonna, nothing good is gonna come out of it when someone is hot. And what I mean by that is like, if they're on fire, if they are hot, if they're mad, if they're raging, call it. That is not the time to have the discussion. So for me, I was just like, I just, I don't want to go through days of this. I don't want to drag this on. Let's just move forward. But I was basically like poking a bear. And then I made it worse because then he was just like, you're not just giving me a minute. And then he would say things he didn't mean. Then I was more upset about the things that he said when he was angry than the original argument to begin with. So I think the the basic is agree that you're going to play nice, that no one is going to say things that they don't mean. And that's something that he's gotten better with. But also it's because I'm not like, I'm making sure I never trigger him. Not to say that it was my fault, but I was like kind of poking a bear. He would tell me, you know, I don't want to talk right now. And I'm like, but you don't have that choice. Like, come on, I'm upset too. And let's just figure it out. But I realized it didn't serve anyone when we were arguing when he was so hot. So I think that is sometimes such a hard thing to do, but please, you have to realize, learn from my mistakes. If someone is hot in the argument, it can get so much worse before it gets better. Take a beat. I think that it's really great if you can like separate or even go for a drive or go for a walk because, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. And sometimes just like being alone and being alone with your thoughts, first of all, you calm down, you see things more clearly, you realize that it's not as big of a deal as it was the second it happened. 
I think sometimes calling a friend, your sister, your mom, an aunt, whatever, is helpful, but other times it can also take it to the next level in many ways. So you involve them. So then they kind of have a chip on their shoulder against him. And, you know, listen, most of our loved ones are going to, you know, understand that this is how it goes. But sometimes if it's not something big, maybe it's better just to process it yourself and not involve other people. And then the people that you call love you and they want to protect you. So then they go on defensive mode, like, you know, that's BS, that should never happen, this and this, you know, they only hear your side of it. And so then they're fired up and then they can get you re-fired up. So we have to be careful that we don't involve others to the point to where it makes something bigger and bigger. You know, it's like a balloon blowing up, you know, and at some point you're just going to pop. So I've really learned over the years, don't do that jerk instinct to call someone right away, take a beat, Figure out how you really feel about it rather than getting a pulse on how everybody else feels about it. Because at the end of the day, no one else is in your relationship besides you two. No one really knows. They don't know the dynamics of all the things and the what actually happened. No one was there and the story leading up to it and all of it. So involve people less if you can. Play nice. Don't say things you don't mean. And if your spouse is someone that will say things that they don't mean, then give them space and try to set them up so that they're not you're not poking a bear you know also pick your battles don't pick every battle i always think is this going to bother me in a week you know sometimes things are just so like i just can't not say anything it's just so it was so disrespectful or it was so inconsiderate but you just have to tell yourself listen life is long we all make mistakes if this really didn't hurt me or offend me or if this isn't something that's going to bother me in a week maybe i should just let it go You can't pick every battle. And listen, you also want your spouse to give you some grace too. We all make mistakes. So I find that if I, you know, he knows, listen, he knows that that wasn't very nice to say whatever at dinner in front of friends or something. But, you know, I gave him a look when it happened. He knows. And you know what? I'm just going to let it go. Just because it doesn't serve anyone to pick every battle. He knew it was out of line. I gave him the look. He expects me to say something and I don't because, listen, he knows we move on. I'm not going to pick every battle. And then most likely in turn, when I make a mistake, he'll give me that same grace and I'll be grateful for it. We also need to think about bringing up things at the right time. This is so important if you have a chip on your shoulder because a lot of times this is what we do. And I know just from my own experience and my friends and, and you know, just researching this. So Something will happen during the week. We're busy. We're back and forth. And all of a sudden, you sit down for dinner on a Friday night. You've opened a nice bottle of wine, and you're having an appetizer. Maybe you're one one glass in, maybe two glasses in. And then you're like, you know, I wanted to talk to you about something. And then it all goes downhill. This nice dinner, this special moment that you were about to have is now, you know, could be potentially ruined because you brought this up, what I think is at the wrong time. In our week, how many special moments do you have one-on-one? And I get it. Listen, if you have a chip on your shoulder, you don't want to sit there and be fake and, and you know, not mention something. I'm all about feeling how you feel. Be honest. Be transparent. Don't let anything build up because then it explodes. I'm all about all of that. But I've learned and I've ruined dinners before because I've just like, it was bottling up and then I was like, this, I'm going to just go for it. Or I didn't even plan on going for it. It just kind of came out. And then I woke up the next morning and I was like, man, that could have been such a nice dinner. Like this thing that we're arguing about, listen, we're not going to separate over it. It's not that big of a deal. We just need to work through it. I should have waited till the right time. And you know, when you have one-on-one time that could be a nice dinner or a nice moment, that's not the time to pick. 
Also, the other time not to pick, I think, is in front of your kids or in front of other people. It makes people, your kids worry. It makes other people uncomfortable. You just have to bite your tongue. And I am so good at this now, and I used to not be, because no one, you know, when you're at dinner table and and the couple's arguing, and I mean, it's just awkward, it's uncomfortable, like you're just like, how do I get out of here? No one wants to be in that situation. So we have a rule. Um, no arguing in front of kids or other people. If it really needs to be addressed right away, we'll figure out a way to kind of excuse ourselves and work through it, but we'll never put it on other people. I just feel like it's just, it's not fair. It's not fun. It's, it just makes it bigger. I'm all about trying to be strategic about the arguments that need to happen to squash them, not make them bigger in any way. That's one of our rules. Create a no yelling rule. I naturally don't yell. Um, And I've just learned that if my husband is not triggered, not to say that it's my fault, but like if I give him space and give him what he needs, then he won't yell either. So it's created a really nice environment to where even if we have to argue, there's never yelling. You know, I just never want my kids to ever live in a house where they feel like it was a yelling house. So we don't yell at all. And I feel like that's one thing that we've always kind of done right, even, even as we've been navigating and trying to figure out this whole thing. Another point is don't have serious discussions after you've had cocktails, especially if you've had lots of cocktails. And this is one of those things where I think it's so important to make that decision ahead of time and tell yourself, I am not going, I know this is bothering me and I know we're going to have drinks tonight. I'm not going to talk about it tonight because we all know that after alcohol, we can say things we don't mean. We can, we, you know, things can become so much bigger. So Hold back, bite your tongue, no serious discussions after booze, especially lots of booze. It's hard, but you just have to have self-control and really try to pick the right time for the conversation. I just think it's so important. And for me, and I think for a lot of women, this will be so helpful. When you do have those conversations, you just can't make them too long. Like I said, this was the mistake that I was making and I just didn't realize I was making it. And my husband will tell you that most guys, him included, will ad- will avoid a discussion at all costs because he feels like he's signing up to be trapped in hell for two hours. So sometimes I'll make notes on my phone ahead of time so I can just like clear my thoughts so that way I'm not just like a rambling hot mess. Make your points, make sure they understand it, get their feedback, you know, have a dialogue and then move on. Don't repeat yourself. Don't keep reiterating it because I think that it creates such a healthier cycle and they won't have this fear of a conversation because it doesn't drag on. It's like, you know, when you did this, it made me feel like this. And this is why it's hurtful. This is how I wish you would have handled it. This would mean a lot to me. Make your main points. Let them respond. Have a little bit of dialogue and then move on. And I've had to train myself, even if I don't feel like I'm fully finished, like even if I don't feel like I've emptied my tank, listen, sometimes good is good enough and then you move on because then it just ends nicely and they don't fear these discussions. And then here, to be honest, is where my husband makes the mistake though is I back off when he does something wrong so that he has space and so then he can come and apologize, right? So say for example, My husband, you know, has too many drinks with the guys and, you know, comes home and is an idiot, right? I realize like, okay, I'm just going to give him space. It's not like uh, he wakes up in the morning and I'm sitting there ready, you know, wide eyed with my tennis shoes on, just like ready to go at him. Nope. I have learned I'm not going to poke the bear. 
I back off. But then the problem is he'll do nothing because he just doesn't want to have a disagreement. He's just like, listen, this is just going to blow over. So I didn't do what he tells me he dreads, which is lay into him and have a long talk. But then since I didn't start the conversation, he didn't attempt and we didn't address it. So like a very small thing that could have been a small discussion is now like, you know, on day three of us having an off vibe and that's so lame. So that's kind of where we still, you know, are fine tuning it, to be honest, is that whole thing where I've learned to fully back off. And listen, I am still, you know, um, very strong and, you know, opinionated and I, but opinionated in a great way. I hold my own and I make sure that I'm always being respected and my, you know, opinions are valued and all that kind of stuff. But I've just learned the way that it works best if I'm just calm and I, and I um, kind of sit back, but sometimes he doesn't always come in with the apology, which for me makes it 10 times worse than the actual offense. So now it's like, listen, bud, it's been three days and you didn't care enough to even try. And he's like, you know, listen, I thought it would just blow over. And it's like, no, no, just because I'm not, you need to understand I'm doing you the solid, like you tell me to of not, you know, bugging you with it and coming in hot right away. But then it's on you because you were the one that made the mistake. There's no, there's no um, disagree. You know, there's, we all agree that you were the one that made the mistake, you know, going out drinking too much with the guys, come home like an idiot. That's like black and white. So I did what you're asking for me. But now what I'm asking from you is you need to come to me and make effort, apologize, you know, and have some sort of discussion. Tell me how it's not going to happen again, whatever it is. So that's kind of where we still, you know, we try to meet halfway, but I feel like I've met him my half and I still need him to come a little bit. And, you know, he'll tell you that he's still scarred from past long discussions, but like, come on, pal. Like, you know, the you know, something that happened three or four years ago is now old news. It's been a very long time since I have had those like long conversations that he, that he dreads because I just realized it doesn't benefit anyone. So that's a conversation that I am still having with him is cool. I'll back off, but then you have to take it upon yourself to, you know, give energy and give effort and make it better because that's what this whole thing is about is how can we have a discussion and then move on? So we, we both say our points. We both say what we're going to adjust if we both need to, or one person, if one person just made the mistake and then you move on. And then if it's, you know, if it's something bigger, then maybe you see a therapist and you do couples therapy. I think that that marriage um, therapy and, you know, personal individual therapy is something that is can be so great and valuable, especially if you're working through a specific issue or a specific argument that keeps reoccurring. I think that there should be no nothing negative about that at all. I mean, listen, we spend a lot of time on a lot of dumb stuff, binge watching shows on Netflix, like to spend, you know, an hour a week focusing on your relationship and your growth and, you know, the long-term strength of your relationship, I think is probably the best hour you could spend because it's the foundation of the family and like you know, if the couple is the parents are off, the whole family feels it. The vibe of the house is off, especially if it goes on for more than a couple days or even a couple weeks. And if it's something bigger, if someone's made a big mistake, I think that you address it head on and you keep the same rules. No yelling, no fighting in front of the kids or other people. Have your private discussions, have have discussions in therapy 
and work through it. And if it's something that you're not going to break up over, I feel like you need to sometimes just take it down and not everything needs to be a level 10. You know, like I said, give them grace and they will give you grace. None of us are perfect, but I think having those open lines of communication is just so key. And the crazy thing about all of this is a lot of us, when you get married, it's so interesting because you're not who you are. Like you, everyone changes and evolves. And the person you marry is not always the person that, you know, that, that you're married to 10 years later in, in, in good ways. And sometimes in not as good ways, you know, sometimes we grow and get happier and sometimes, you know, things happen or, or we're more negative or whatever it is, but we have to constantly be communicating. And I think that's the key to not wake up one day and realize like, oh my God, like I don't even know who they are or, oh my God, we have all these pent up issues that we're not dealing with. And I think that would be my best advice for newlyweds or people who are engaged or just getting married is this, is don't let things bottle up. Figure out how you communicate, figure out how you can work it out, the two of you, but you cannot get a chip on your shoulder and then just let it build and build. I just think open communication is key. Get all that stuff out. And listen, if you can't talk about it, if you need to pick the the other time, do a brain dump. I love a brain dump in the notes section of my phone. I'll write everything I think. And I think you'll learn that it takes the fire out of it. Write down everything you think. I mean, listen, if you have to cuss, cuss. If you have to write the same thing over and over, do it. If you, you know, if you're, you know, talking to text in an aggressive way, do it. But at least it gets everything out. And then, you know, maybe you, you go for a jog and you, you know, release some steam or whatever it is that you do to kind of relax and unwind and then come back to your list. And a lot of times you'll find that you've calmed down. Some of it was probably irrational. Same thing if you want to send an angry text or email. I really think you write it in your notes section and then you let it sit. You don't send it right away. Let it marinate for a little bit. Make sure that's still how you really feel. So that way you aren't making the problem bigger and you're allowing yourself to kind of cool down a little bit because listen, you know, we are all passionate. I think that's such an amazing human quality to be passionate and to really care. To me, there's nothing worse than indifference. So it's great that you care so much, but I think write it all down. Let yourself chill for a little bit. I always tell myself, take a beat, brain dump, and then take a beat. And then I feel like the whole thing unwinds so much better that way. So here's your quick list of things to do. Be honest and transparent and say how you feel and be true to who you are. Yes, always be kind, even if you're furious. Another to do is pick your battle and pick the right times to have the conversation. A few don'ts, don't yell, don't argue in front of the kids or friends at dinner. Don't make it a two-hour drawn-out talk so they dread the next talk and every other talk. And don't pick every battle. Listen, we you you know you find what you're looking for, and if you're looking for the negative, you could certainly find it, and you could pick at your spouse all day long. But no one wants to be picked at all day long. And if you feel like you're doing this, I think I would really just look at. Listen, is that really worth it? I. I've in the last couple of years, I've really become, I just care so much less about the little things that don't matter. Like I've just been able to let them go. And still my first instinct is to care like, oh, like, you know, my first, and then I'm like, you know what? Doesn't matter. Oh, 
doesn't matter. If it doesn't really, really matter to me, I just let it go. And it's the most freeing feeling because then, you know, a lot happens to us in the day and life is complicated, especially, you know, as you build a home and, you know, maybe you have kids or pets or in-laws or extended family that, that can kind of create friction. All these things we could fight all day, every day. I mean, you're two different people merged together, living in co- close quarters in in one life, you know. And I mean, two lives, but you know, in one in one bedroom together, having the same roommate for your whole adult life is, you know, it's a lot. And so you could battle all day, every day. I really think if you pick every battle. So for me, it's all about choosing the things that you think really need to be addressed and addressing them in the most kind and rational way at the right time. Pick your words, never say things you don't mean, and um, make sure that you're, you know, being fair and not over-exaggerating, and just try to be, like, as rational as you can. Again, never argue when someone is hot, you or the other person. I just think that nothing good comes out of it. Even if you don't want to walk away, walk away and give a beat before you have that discussion if either of you is hot. I just think it's one of the best things you can do. And I just wish I would have known this. Oh, I just picture my husband sitting in like, we have two chairs at the end of our bed, sitting in his chair after we've had an argument. And I come in and he's just like, listen, I am mad and I do not want to talk right now. And I'm like, well, cool. You can't just determine when we talk. And then it starts. And then it's just like, yes. Like he shouldn't ha- he shouldn't be the dictator of when the conversation happens, but also nothing good comes out of he's telling me what he needs. I should listen just for the interest of keeping the peace and having the most productive conversation, which I don't think you have a productive conversation at any point when someone is super fired up. That's it. Those are all my best hacks for arguing with your spouse in the best way possible. I hope that this um, episode really gave you a lot of like positive energy towards arguing because like I said, arguing is inevitable no matter what we're going to have disagreements. But I think that if we can like have a discussion about arguing, like when you're not even arguing and even use this podcast as like an icebreaker, like, hey, I was listening to this podcast because it's so much better to talk about arguing when you're not in an argument and say, listen, I think that um, you'll be happier. I think that I'll be happier. I'm going to, you know, think about what you guys have argued about before and how it's worked well or not and say, I'm going to commit to this. Do you think you could commit to this? And then together we're going to commit to this. Like, for example, I'm going to commit to not having way too long of conversations. Can you please commit to, you know, not walking out on me when I try to talk to you? And together we're going to commit to not arguing in front of the kids and not yelling in the house. You know what I mean? Like just examples all three ways. So like we're all laying some ground rules here. And I just find that it just everything is so much smoother when kindness is always the top priority because if you're if you're constantly being kind and considerate of your spouse the whole thing is going to go down in a much smoother way i think you're going to get a quicker resolution you're going to end up happier and it's just going to have less less wear and tear and less damage on your heart and that's always a good thing we want to protect each other's hearts and there's enough you know there's enough out in the world that we experience that's that's not ideal and so in our home we need to do the best i think about protecting each other's heart and feelings and always being kind even if we're so furious and they were so wrong still approach it with patience and kindness and even though that might not feel natural at the time and might be so hard to do i think that you'll be so grateful you did 
Thank you so much for listening and cheers to happy arguing with your spouse. I will talk to you soon, my friends. Thanks for listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast. For more info about today's episode and all past episodes, head over to howtobeawesomeateverything.com where we break it all down. Tell us what you thought of today's topic on Lindsay's Instagram at Lindsay's Cloud. Until next time, go out and be awesome because that's exactly what you are.